Healthcare worker shortage in the year 2020. How big does the problem look, and what should we be doing now to prepare? You're listening to ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Larry Kaskill, your host, and joining me today is Dr. David Chin. David is both the national partner in the health industry's advisory practice of PricewaterhouseCoopers and the managing partner of their Global Healthcare Research Institute. David is a physician executive with more than 24 years of experience in managed care, hospital physician network formation, and the management of large medical group practices. David, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me. Well, is it as scary as it sounds? Are we going to have a massive shortage of doctors, or is it really nurses? I believe that it's going to be a massive shortage of nurses, uh, less so of doctors. That uh, projection supply versus demand of doctors is a little more ambiguous, but it's pretty unambiguous regarding the coming nursing shortage. What are you basing that on? What kind of trends are you seeing already? What we've seen is that the total number of registered nurses had increased by about 75% since about since 1980 through 2004, peaked out at 2.9 million registered nurses in the United States. And that is projected to decline over the next 10 years down to about 2.6 million nurses. Meanwhile, demand for nurses, you know, use of nurses not only in hospitals, but in home health agencies and managed care, it continues to increase and also increase demand by the aging population. So it sounds like we're 300,000 nurses short. Actually, more than that uh, when you take into account the uh, demand. Now, is that because nurses are not going into nursing? Have they realized that doctors are a bunch of jerks and don't treat them very well? I think the <laughs> that may be a popular view of nurses, but I think it has to do more really with incentives. What we're seeing is that roughly 320,000 nurses apply every year, potential nurses apply nursing school. About half are accepted and then about 80,000 graduate. So about one quarter of the people who apply to nursing school actually graduate but then at the end of two years, only about 30,000 nurses stay in nursing. So the supply or the process of educating nurses is totally broken in the United States. Conventional wisdom used to be that if only the nurses who had left nursing, you know, the roughly 30,000 that leave every year, come back, then there would be enough supply. But for the first time in terms of looking at projected demand, even if all the nurses out there who have licenses came back into nursing, there would still not be enough nurses. Where are they going? Are they are they just stopping to raise families and then just not coming back? They're going out and working in fields outside of classical nursing. As I mentioned before, there is work in care management in insurance companies. There's work in home health agencies. And there's certainly work outside of traditional care models available for clinicians of all stripes to work. Will we be looking to foreign countries to solve this problem as we usually do? Well, certainly there has been an increase in foreign or international graduates in nursing. Now it's about 13% a year. It used to be a lot lower than that. Just to put it in context, however, international medical graduates uh, comprise about 25% of the physician workforce. Who do you think should be working on this problem? Should it be a government issue because they're not so good at solving problems. I can't believe that it has to can only be solved by government uh, or will be solved only by government. So what kind of incentives can we come up with to lure people into this field? I think it's a combination of public and private partnerships in terms of the training process. Right now, it costs money to educate 
nurses. As a matter of fact, for every nurse that's educated, you know, the school loses $8,000. So it's hardly a, a terrific incentive to train more nurses if you're a private institution. So that's where the government can step in to step subsidize the training of nurses. But it's, you know, it's multifactorial in terms of the fixing this problem. It has to do not only with changing the funding of training, but also changing the use of technology and training, changing the incentives. The nurses uh, clearly contribute to the quality of care in a hospital. There are great studies that show that better nursing results in better outcomes. And given the push towards a pay for performance, certainly see an opportunity to reward nurses for their contributions to improving the quality of healthcare. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Channel for Medical Professionals. I'm Dr. Larry Caskell. Joining me today is Dr. David Chin from PricewaterhouseCoopers, and we're talking about the upcoming nursing shortage. David, I know that you publish a Healthcare Research Institute report each year, and I'm wondering, with the most recent one, what did you look at and say, Wow, I, I had no clue that was happening. Well, one of them clearly was this uh, looming nurse shortage. That really was a surprise to us. Are the hospitals kind of in a in a state of denial that this is happening, or do they know what's going on? We believe, in, in terms of our interview of 240 senior executives from hospitals, that they are in a state of denial about this uh, nursing shortage. And uh, hopefully this report will help uh, open their eyes They're certainly more focused on day-to-day operating issues like uh, reimbursement from uh, payers and from the federal government as as their primary focus. David, what did you uncover about physicians? Is there going to be a physician shortage, or are there going to be just an enormous amount of physicians that all want to be dermatologists? It's less clear about the supply versus demand for physicians. It turns out that there are a lot of medical schools planned to deal with the potential shortage of doctors. And so that we don't think that there's going to be a significant shortage of doctors. There is a problem, however, in terms of a shortage of primary care physicians in particular. And it really has to do with the, again, incentives or reimbursement. When do you think they'll start appreciating us again? Maybe that has something to do with why no one goes into primary care because we've really been commoditized and the relationship is, is pretty much dead. The insurance companies, people switch doctors every three months. I agree. I think you'll be probably seeing in the next uh, five to 10 year kind of time frame that the recognition of the role of primary care. I think what will drive that is both the shortage of primary care physicians and the demand for more primary care ironically, because of the advent of more consumer-directed plans and more access. I think whomever gets elected in 2008, whichever party is going to increase access to health care. What we've seen here in Massachusetts, you had a plan and it focused on providing more incentives for people to take on health insurance. And ironically, even though Massachusetts has a lot of physicians, it doesn't have enough primary care physicians to take care of all the patients who then now have access to health insurance. What we're seeing in response, interestingly enough, is a move on the private side, private meaning places, uh, companies like Walmart and uh, CVS slash Caremark putting in retail healthcare clinics that are very focused, uh, staffed by mid-level nurse practitioners. 
to provide access to primary care. So they're aware of the problem and they're, they're going to take care of it. I mean, once again, private industry will solve the problem and not wait for government to step in. Well, I think it's one part of the solution. Clearly, having retail clinics staffed by mid-level practitioners will not solve the access issue because there, it, there are clear limits to what they can do. And in particular, if you're dealing with uh, chronic patients with long-standing chronic multi-system kinds of uh, diseases, there's no substitute for a medical home with a, a primary care physician. How much does med school cost these days on average? I mean, that's got to be affecting the supply side. It clearly is. I mean, you know, you know, medical school, you're probably talking about uh, several hundred thousand dollars in debt by the time a medical student uh, completes uh, his or her training. And we've certainly seen an increase in the monthly debt obligations of doctors going from about close to $900 in 2002, now close to $1,100 in uh, 2005. Meanwhile, physician incomes, for, particularly for primary care physicians, has been declining during that same time span. What other factors do you think are contributing to the supply issue in terms of doctors? Are they changing what they want out of their lives? Are their goals changing? Well, that's a great point. Uh, I think that the fact that women now make up roughly 50% of all medical school classes has had an impact on manpower projections on the physician side. Uh, women very appropriately have introduced work-life balance into medicine, and I think it's healthy for both women and men to have that, but that means that there are less available hours in the week or the day to provide uh, health care by physicians. David, how are women getting paid compared to men? Is there some discrepancy out there with, with physicians also? I don't believe within a specialty there is much as much discrepancy as there is difference when between the specialties that women pick versus what men might pick. So that the, for instance, uh, more males go into the procedure-oriented specialties, et cetera. Has PricewaterhouseCoopers come up with a magic equation and a cost of this problem to society? I wish we had. I think just as this has taken years to develop, it will take years and multiple approaches to fix. As I mentioned before, I don't think the supply issue on physicians is so clear that the lack of supply physicians, as you know, they're probably on the order of maybe 10 or 15 medical schools that are projected to open in the United States, new ones, over the next few years. In addition, many medical schools are actively exploring increasing their class sizes. So I think the supply of doctors will take care of itself. I think the more acute problem really is the supply of nurses because there isn't a parallel increase in the output of nursing students. Well, I'd like to thank Dr. David Chin for being our guest today and talking about the depressing future of medicine and the, the upcoming shortages of mostly nurses and perhaps doctors. I'm Dr. Larry Kaskill, your host on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and comments at ReachMD. If you log on to our website, you can now check out any show you want and download a podcast of our entire library. Thanks for listening today.